evening, everybody. Uh, it's wonderful to see uh, all of the faces in this place. Uh, a warm welcome to people near and far who are joining us uh, this Christmas Eve. Um, I just want to say a, a word real quickly that we are um, glad you're here. We have a lot of great music for you. Um, I have a, a short message later. Um, but mainly, we just hope that you have a joyous time with us this evening. Um, so with that, uh, I want to invite the Manchester family up to light our Advent candle. Rejoice, people of God. The light has come into the world. Oh God, now we light the candle of your nativity. With the company of heaven and with sounds of great joy, you come to us. This is the time of light and splendid joy. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed a time when those who walked in the shadows would see a great light. A light would shine and a child would be born to us. The evangelist Luke painted the nativity sky and repeated the heavenly song of the angels. Glory, peace on earth, and goodwill. John declared that this great light is Christ, the Word made flesh. The great light lives among us. By it we behold God's glory, full of grace and truth. At Christ's nativity we now rejoice. God, our life and light, thank you for coming this night to us. Thanks for touching all heaven and earth with your splendor. In every corner of the world, shine this night with your peace. In every corner of our height, in our hearts, shine this night with your grace. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? God, we have a, a busy season around us that sometimes is distracting. And Lord, we just ask for the clarity of your sight, your ears, Lord, that we can hear you at work and the music we sing and in the words that are spoken here. Lord, just be with all of us. Help to bring joy to the forefront of our lives. Help us to um, truly appreciate this Christmas season. And as you taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture reading is from Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7. It's on page 638 in your pew Bibles, if you care to follow along. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice with you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. just a minute our ensemble is going to play a uh, piece for us but I want to make a, a note that we're about to take an offering but it's not a normal offering for us um, this Christmas offering has a special focus uh, so every Thursday night we host the Jackson personal care ministry uh, where people from our community who don't have access to hygiene products uh, whether that's toilet paper or 
um, something to shave or laundry detergent or, or whatever that might be, um, have the opportunity to get that. And when you're low on, on funds, that might not be the thing that gets that last dollar. Um, so we, we are really appreciative and glad to be a part of that mission. Um, and so that's what, when our ushers come and wait on us, that offering tonight is for. Um, so with that, uh, lend your ears over to our ensemble. bring these gifts uh, back to you, Lord. We know that it's just a small portion um, of the blessings that you've provided for us. Lord, we ask as always that you might uh, multiply this um, to do the work of your kingdom and our community. Lord, continue to shape our hearts and our lives uh, more towards you. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen.
a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, about the birth of Jesus and the shepherds and the angels. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went out from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the house of David, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you this day is born, in the city of David, a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as had been told them. Well, uh, you might hear on the news people talking about uh, um, how do you properly celebrate Christmas? People have a lot of things where they're, they're worried about how other people respect the holiday, um, but we don't often turn it inward on ourselves of how do we respect the holiday. And so I, I want to invite us into that text um, that comes from the Gospel of Luke to talk about two types of um, rulers. That, and there's two types of Christmases. All right, we have the, the kind of commercialized version um, that's about acquiring and the more sentimental, hopeful, life-giving kind about giving up, about celebrating, about having hope for the future. And so I want to start by talking about the two kinds of kings that we have in this text. It starts out saying that in those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So we've got all of these kind of official names thrown at the top of this, this text. So you might think, well, we're just situating it here because um, it's a dating scheme that now we know what time frame this is happening in. But I think Luke has more important comparisons and contrasts for us than just the timing of this. Uh, for those who don't know, Emperor Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And he was a very uh, well-known emperor for that time period. There's some things written about him that I think, as I say them, I'm going to read out a few inscriptions about him and some, some documents about him that might sound a little bit familiar in the language they used about him. There was one inscription that said, Divine Augustus Caesar, son of God, emperor of land and sea, and the benefactor and savior of the whole world. They loved Augustus so much that um, a certain Paulus Fabius Maximus um, who was a kind of governor in the region of Asia, which is modern-day Turkey for them, um, proposed beginning the new year on Augustus's birthday. Like, you have to be pretty well-loved that they decide, let's make the new year celebration based on your birthday. All right, so that's his, that's his thing that he's offering up to the council there in that um, modern-day Turkey, is the region that he was in. 
And here's what he said. He said, it's hard to tell whether the birthday of the most divine Caesar is a matter of greater pleasure or benefit. We could justly hold it to be equivalent to the beginning of all things. And he has given a different aspect to the whole world, which blindly would have embraced its own destruction if Caesar had not been born for the common benefit of all. And when that provincial assembly got that recommendation, they accepted it to make his birthday their new year in that little segment of the empire. And they they said about this, whereas the providence which divinely ordered our lives created with zeal, the most perfect good for our lives by producing Augustus and filling him with virtue for the benefaction of all mankind, this is their language, sorry, sending us and those after us a savior who put an end to war and established all things And whereas Caesar Augustus, when he appeared, exceeded the hopes of all who had anticipated good tidings, and whereas the birthday of the God marked for the world the beginning of good tidings through his coming. So, this announcements around this Caesar probably sound a little bit like what you might recall about pronouncements around Jesus. Um, Here's the figure that that world had to proclaim, some willingly proclaimed, as the savior of the world, some more begrudgingly because they occupied your land and took over your territory. But I want to point out what that type of savior of the world does. The peace that, brought, that was, was brought by Rome, it does like what we see in this text, issues decrees and uses power. In those days, a decree went out from him that all the world should be registered. It has the power to throw around to do that. Why do I need to register? Probably taxation, which is another sign of you're occupied, you owe other people. Um, not, it's not true for Israel itself because they had special agreements, but for other territories it also meant military enlistment, that registration was about figuring out how many soldiers you could pull out from a land. So they either are going to up your taxes or they're going to take your people to go off to war. And that's the power of a king and an emperor. And so, the emperor is like the chess master who's setting up the board and moving all of those pieces around, and he didn't just decide, everybody go get registered. And so in the story we have uh, Joseph and his family kind of having to move at the beckoning of the emperor. And so, it's in that story that God moves in the midst of all plans, even the worst of plans, even the bad plans, even the ones that are meant to harm others, Somehow God is at work in the midst of that. And so while Emperor uh, Augustus has his own reasoning to send this census to happen and to send everybody around, God has his own scheme. Listen to Luke 2, 4 through 7 again. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. That's not ideal, right? You're on a travel plan. Suddenly, that's the moment that you have to have the baby. Uh, But there they are. And so in verse 7, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Listen to how God schemes. You know, the emperor's schemes are powerful, power plays, but God is going to use a yet-to-be family of nobodies. It's hard to even call them exactly a family yet because they're not fully married yet, but uh, they're a family unit, whether their culture recognizes them that, as that or not. Um, but they're nobodies. When you have Caesar Augustus mentioned that everybody knows, or you've got Joseph and Mary nobodies. So God moves through these nobodies from a nowhere town. If you recall another gospel, when they hear that Jesus is from Nazareth, they say, what good could come out of Nazareth? God moves through nobodies from nowhere who have very, very little power. They're forced to move on this journey. They have to travel at the whim of the emperor for the census. They have nowhere to stay perhaps because of their precarious situation. Like, maybe if, if life was going better for them, somebody would have made room for them. But seeing this engaged family that, you know, 
Mary looks pregnant over there, and by then, she definitely looks pregnant by then. Um, they just don't have any room for them. And so this nobody family from nowhere who can't even find a place to stay is who God chooses to work through. And even more so, God chooses an audience of nobodies, calling lowly shepherds instead of kings to witness this spectacle. Now, the, the shepherds aren't unfamiliar to kings in the Bible, though. If you remember that Davidic throne that we're connecting Jesus to in the story was a king who had been a shepherd. And so God continues to lift up the lowly and place them in places of, of, um, of power and of strength unexpectedly. And so it's to shepherds that the angels show up in the story. And Luke goes on to say that in that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in this city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. I love that you can almost count on it if an angel or God appears in the story, don't be afraid. Because that's the natural inclination. Is, oh my goodness, what is happening here? What's going on? Am I losing my mind? Do I need to go get a brain scan tomorrow? What is happening? And these shepherds who are just going about their everyday work are stopped in their tracks by these angels. And they say, these angels say, I am bringing you good news. And like how I mentioned the emperor language was tied up in language that sounds a lot like language we use of Jesus. The good news in that ancient context was a proclamation that the emperor had been victorious in battle. We won. We defeated our enemies. Now peace can rule. So it was always kind of connected to this kind of military conflict and such. But yet here are these angels pronouncing a very different kind of good news. Uh, no war had just been you know, carried out. Instead, new life had just happened. A baby was born. And that is somehow good news. And so, this good news of great joy for all people is proclaimed. And I love that it's not just great news for you and your own little group, but for all people. Every tribe is, is brought in on that celebration. You know, you could imagine in ancient Israel that you're hoping for that new king who overthrows Rome and just sets you up as an isolated country again that, you know, doesn't care about everybody else. But this is good news of a new king that will bring about peace and love and hope for all people. And we shouldn't rush over the king language here. Often we kind of think about separating out religion and politics which is hard in the Bible because there's a lot of politics going on in, in most of these biblical texts. It says, a child has been born here in the city of David. You're calling to mind a king in the birthplace of where they expected a king to be born. He will be the savior. Remember that Augustus language, also savior language. The Messiah. The Messiah was that anointed one, God's anointing, uh, that ruler, that new king of Israel and Lord. And that Lord language is often connected to um, that kind of kingly person. Um, but the Old Testament had elevated that to also be about God, that God is the Lord of all and not just these little earthly rulers. And so, strangely, a little baby is king of the whole world in the year of the reign of Emperor Augustus. Where is this new king lying in a manger and not in a throne or in a big palace, but among the lowly. And so the shepherds that were at work that night, they didn't get off for Christmas. They were clocked in. And they're watching their sheep. And suddenly, life changes for them. They hear this good news. And, and who knows exactly in what way they run off to find out uh, did this really happen? Or I just can't help but want to see it. But they can't help but hear that message and run to go see what was talked about. And they go and they find 
Jesus' family, and they run into the scene, and they share all that they've seen and all that they've heard. And it says that ultimately they return home, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so, in an age of fear and worry and stress, I hope that we all have eyes and ears for the good news. Because it's still at work, often in hidden places, among the lowly where you might not expect it. And despite the frantic ravings of the powerful, whoever's in power and however they might try to move us about, there's a new king that comes in a very different way. And God continues to reveal God's self even to us, even to the lowly. And God's rule comes through new life being born and not by force. It comes not through those power plays, but through inspiration and hope. And so I hope that in the music and the reading of our texts and in the message and just being present with those around us in the community here, I hope that you've experienced a little bit of that good news tonight and that you might go out of here jumping a little bit more with joy, a little hop in your step, a little bit of hope, and that you're reminded that our faith isn't just about our beliefs, but it's about a new kind of ruler, a new kind of way of life, a new kingdom in which all are equal, all have opportunity in life, and are not mistreated. And so I hope that we all go home tonight glorifying and praising God that that is in fact the case. When others might scoff at it, look at the stuff in the news and say, where's the hope in that? Um, But I think that we all, if we have the eyes to see, can find the glimmers of hope and the good news at work in life. So may this excitement and the hope that this text captures linger with us and give us more anticipation about the future than maybe even just what's under the tree um, and that we might go celebrate together a new way of life, a new kingdom. Would you pray with me? Lord, we use that word a lot, but um, I just want to ask that you would help us to truly surrender ourselves more um, and that you are good and that you are loving and that your reign can be trusted and that we can give ourselves over more and more to you. Lord, I ask that you might bring about your kingdom even more in our daily lives and on a global scale. And Lord, I also just ask that you would give us eyes to see the hope and the joy that sometimes is even in small and hidden places. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
So it's our tradition to do a candle lighting to close the service. And so uh, in a minute, I'm going to take a candle from our Christ candle and pass it on to the choir. And, and they're going to pass it along to our congregation around the outside of the room. So if you just want to kind of start circling towards the outside of the sanctuary. And uh, our hidden person in the back, Logan, there is going to hit the lights for us in just a minute. <clears throat> benediction, I want to just read that one verse the angels proclaimed that, that night. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Go in peace.
You want to, you want to play us? Thank you.